You don't have to look very far and wide to see how things drastically change in a moment. Maybe worship continues and you don't preach. Maybe there's other things in your lives. Maybe it's the phone call from the doctor. Maybe it's a a word from a family member, somebody who's ill. Maybe it's being called into the boss's office saying that we have to let you go. I think I've shared that story. I've actually had that experience before. It's not all that fun. Or maybe it's, again, back to health. And I was just thinking of um, our middle son. A few summers ago, they, um, right, they, they got sick and they had fevers. And um, they called us into their room at about 11 o'clock and gave them medication, you know, Advil and all that sort of stuff. And, okay, everything's fine, right? We've been through this before. And then all of a sudden he starts having a seizure. And it's like, what, what's going on here, right? Things change in a moment. And off to the hospital we went. Um, and I said, okay, everything looks okay. So back home you go. And uh, I, I slept beside him. And again, at 2 a.m., another seizure. And okay, back to the hospital again, right? And, and things happen very, very quickly in this life. Um, obviously, thank goodness, it was just a... Um, which again, we had no clue, it's our middle child, but um, they said, no, 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 this does happen when, when a fever rises very quickly, it is, it is normal, it happens. And then, you know, as we send out Facebook messages, oh yeah, that happened to me, oh yeah, that, that. I was like, okay, it's more common than we thought, it would have been nice to know that um, before that happened. But again, life can change very quickly, can't it? And so, as, as we need to, we need to hold fast to God when the tests come. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to take a look and, and I don't know, I, I just, I love connecting just with people in the Bible. And today we're going to kind of go back to maybe a story for those that, that grew up in the church of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And there's a story about a, a preacher who had trouble saying those names and, and, he, and he actually wrote it inside his jacket, but then ended up kept naming the brand of his jacket for the boys. So I, but I've heard this story so many times that I, do, I don't think I'll, I'll mess up the names there. But they had a choice to make that was out of their control. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were removed from Israel after the fall of Jerusalem at the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Just some of the history uh, of Israel. These young men would have their culture torn away from them and obviously their identity as well. They were placed into a polytheistic culture, uh, but again, what's amazing is they eventually become influential in the province of Babylon. And so I I encourage you to take a look at chapters 1 and 2 of Daniel, the book of Daniel, but we're going to camp and and take our time in in chapter 3, but but one and two really kind of give you the background of, of where these, these young men came from. And it's an amazing, amazing story. And, and again, if you grew up in the church, I, I'm sure you heard about it. But for some of you, it may be new, but I think there's amazing lessons to be learned. And so I'm just going to summarize the first part of, of Daniel chapter three. But if you have your Bibles or, or a digital Bible, um, you can join in with me. It might be on the screen behind as well. But To summarize the beginning here, we have Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, makes an image of gold 60 cubits, and and that's about 90 feet, so so not small. And 
and at first, this kind of seems insignificant, right? And, and again, you know, you can kind of picture those kings. Well, it's just another statue of worship the king, right? It just, they kind of just did those things, didn't they, right? Kind of to, to solidify, you know, how great they were. And so it seems insignificant. And, and what he does is he, um, Nebuchadnezzar calls all the important officials and people to, to the dedication of this statue, and he instruct, uh, instructs them that whenever you hear the sounds of these various instruments, you're supposed to fall down and worship. And if that wasn't obviously enough, here's the, here's the crux of the matter. It says, whoever does not fall down and worship immediately will be thrown into a fiery furnace. So if we go back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... They, they're, they're Israelites. And, and if you take, again, a, a, a look back into um, Deuteronomy, right, chapter 6, it says this. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. And they would recite that every single day. It was obviously important to them. So you, you, you can kind of see that, that they're put into a precarious position, aren't they? You either... Do this, or you're going to be put into a fiery furnace. Probably, you got a big decision ahead of you, don't you? But they had been asked to worship God and only God, and so they're left with this. What do we do in this situation? And so, if you, if you, you go further down, Daniel chapter 3, verse 12. It says, there are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. And so what you see is, is you see that a bunch of other officials basically say, hey, you know what, these guys, they're not following the rules that you set out. And obviously, you can think about it, if everybody goes to that kind of, I don't know, ceremony, whatever you want to call it, they go there, and everybody's bowing down, and those three aren't, they kind of stood out like a sore thumb, right? They would have heard the message loud and clear that you have to bow down. Yet they knew God was their attention and focus, so they deliberately chose to follow God. Basically, the only accusation they had against them, right, is that they didn't bow down to the statue. And, I, and I'm sure I can, I don't know, I can kind of picture us as a congregation, like, giving the rally cry, like, yeah, you guys, you do it. Like, don't, don't do it, right? Like, this, this idea that, that you, we would just encourage them to stand firm with what God and the Holy Spirit had convicted them of. But let's continue. Verse 13. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true? O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship in the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the the trigon, the harp, the bagpipe, 
and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered to the king. So, you can see here that Nebuchadnezzar, again, my, my personal thought here is, is he, he obviously had some respect for them, right? He didn't just grab them and throw them in, just, nope, I heard, done. He, he actually questions them and, and asks them, like, hey, is this true? Did, right, he, he kind of gives them, like, almost like the benefit of the doubt here. But here's their response when the king threatens them to throw them in to the fiery furnace. This is their response in verse 17 and 18. O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand O king, but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Wow. (laughs) A pretty courageous response, isn't it? They put their faith on the line. Wasn't hidden. They were confident in who God was. And and, and I don't know about you, but but I know I can often, you know, want to, this is kind of a tricky thing to navigate, I know, in a a short, you know, a sermon, but I know I can often want to defend, right? Defend my stance. But, But they didn't do that, did they? They, they didn't go into theology, and, and, and again, they, and I'm not saying that that's bad by any means. Like I said, it's just, that's an unpacking. I know, I don't want to, I think Nathan said this in his preach. No, but it's just something that drew my attention. We're simply refusing to bow down, they said. But, but again, Maybe, maybe, I read it maybe rather quickly, but the part two that I, I, I love just pausing on is that even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, they believe, and they had belief, as we should too, believers, that God is sovereign. It doesn't always mean things are going to turn out the way we think. And I'm sure many of us have stories that way. But again, they, they believe that, God, if this is your will and your plan, that we're going to perish in the fire, we believe that God is still sovereign. It's sobering, isn't it? It's humbling. And I believe Francis Chan and Crazy Love connects to this idea of God. And he says this, he says, If someone asked you what the greatest good on earth is, what would you say? Would you say uh, maybe an epic surf session or financial security, health, maybe meaning a meaningful life, maybe 
trusted friendship, maybe in intimacy with your spouse. Maybe, maybe it could be knowing that you belong. The greatest good on this earth is God. Period. God's one goal for us is himself. Friends, do, do you and I believe that God is the greatest thing that you could experience in this whole entire world? So basically, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we believe God can save us and will save us, and even if he doesn't, we're still going to praise him. Let's continue into the story in verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar filled with fury. And I just try to picture that experience, right? And I love how Daniel expresses it. He says, and the expression on his face changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army Take note of this. To bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and the other garments and were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Verse 22. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame... The flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. I'm going to continue reading, but again, I just want to highlight that bound part. We're going to come back to that. But let's continue, verse 24. Then the king, Nebuchadnezzar, was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt, and their appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. It's remarkable, right, just to, that, that they weren't bound. And I think that's really important as we, as we read. They weren't bound anymore. That, that also, that, that last line, I love that. that. Like, the son of the gods. And again, and, and, you know, when you preach and, and you're looking and you're reading commentary and stuff like this, and, and I won't get into the, the whole son of God. It wasn't an angel, it wasn't, you know, Jesus re reincarnated, like all those sort of things. And those are many questions that... Um, Trust me, I, I went through myself, and, and you, can, you can kind of get diverted and distracted through that. But I'm just going to simply say on that point, they would have no concept of God, right? And yet, the Son of God, they, they're, he's realizing that obviously there's something special going on here. Our gods don't do this.
and they're not bound anymore. Verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And like I said, I, I love just trying to place myself in that room when they came out. And again, I don't know, maybe I'm just a little immature, but I thought of like cartoons, you know, when, when the, the cartoon's jaw like drops and hits the floor and their eyes like, just like, the, uh, how they, like, they would have been just awestruck. Like, how is this possible that these men are coming out? Nothing. They haven't been touched except for the things that bound them, which is amazing. That it's, that it's again, right? They would have, they would have seen the, the soldiers that put them into the fire. They died. That's how hot it was. This, this shouldn't be. This shouldn't have happened. But again, they're having an encounter with God, aren't they? And so, verse 27 is, is all these satraps and, and prefects and the governors and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. And I love this. The hair of their heads was not singed. Their cloaks were not harmed. And this is so awesome. And no smoke of fire has come upon them. Right? Many of you, I know, right, like, around here we barbecue a lot and that sort of thing. Or, or you know, when you, when you have a fire outside, like, it doesn't matter. It seems what you do, you always smell a smoke. And I don't know for you, right, too, if you have a shower or bath or whatever, like, you smell your hair. It smells like fire, but, but nothing, not even their hair smelled like smoke. And again, I, I don't have some amazing theological idea here, but, like, I just, like, thought of, like, this, like, protective bubble, Right? That the power of the Holy Spirit protected them. It's remarkable. Verse 28. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the, the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own God. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, kind of intense here, be torn, from li torn limb from limb, and their houses laid to ruin. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. I don't know about you, but I definitely wouldn't want a promotion in that way. <laughs> you know, having to get thrown into a fiery furnace, kind of a strange way, but, but God is showing us something here. And so, here's what I'd like to do is, is, is offer up just again, kind of my humble thoughts and lessons and the take-home that, that we can take away from, from this. And so, while I do that, if I encourage, um, I'm just going to invite the worship team up as I go through these. One of the lessons that I can see through here, and, and, and hopefully you can as well, is back to that point that God 
is sovereign whether there is victory or tragedy. When we run into trouble or disaster, we as Christians don't have these rose-colored glasses. And I just, again, maybe it, maybe it shows my age, but, but I love how, how Chuck Swindoll, he says this a, a few times. Maybe praise 106.5, right, for those that, that remember him. But he says this, he says, all plans work together for good. Not all things are good. From God's perspective, it's good. It works together for good. That God is sovereign. That, that if we, we look back at verse 17, again, they said this. They said, if God wills it. They believed that God was sovereign no matter what happened. That they, that they would be okay with what God had planned. And, and friends, I, I know that's a sobering, sobering statement, but again, I want to remind you that, that we are saved. That, that God loves us. That Jesus defeated death. That there is grace. That God is love. That God is sovereign. And another lesson that, that I can see out of this is this, is that Trials are a part of our earthly life. I, w- I wish I didn't have to say that. Because <laughs> I know many of you go through tough things. Every day. And, and for me, you can, you know, if Megan was, was here, for I don't know for whatever reason, but I don't know, I'm such a person, this big person about fair. I don't know why. Not sure. And she would sit there and she'd be shaking her head like, mm-hmm, yep. And it drives her nuts. <laughs> but whether it's fair or unfair, God is still sovereign. That, that again, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they, they could have been promoted without experiencing that, right? Without having that, that huge test of their faith. But again, back to verse 21 and 23 and 24, this idea of being bound. But in verse 25, they're unbound. The only thing that got burned in the fire was the ropes that were holding them. And I believe that the fire is a lesson that that we need to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to burn off things that are binding us. That... Again, it's, it's hard to say it, but, but right through, through the heating process, right? And you think of various metals, the heating process, what happens is the bad gets separated from the good, right? It brings to surface, it, it looses the things that, that are imperfect. And I'm sure we could, many of us could say that, man, God taught me a lot through that, didn't he? That there was, there was things that, that I needed, whether it was pride, whether it was, was trust in him, whatever, that God needed to do that in my life. And, and for myself and for many of you too, it, unfortunately, it takes a few times to, to sink in. Another lesson is, is supernatural power is there during those tests. 
that God is involved in our day to day. That that again, when we think of of God incarnate or an angel that, that was with them, he was there with them in the fire. As as maybe you heard, right, that song from Hillsong that 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 again is kind of around this song is that there's somebody in the fire with you and with I. The Holy Spirit is with you and I when we're going through those things. That that there's other believers here as well that can encourage you. You're not alone. The enemy, right, wants to separate us and have you think that there's, you know, I can't pick up that phone at midnight when, when your brother and sister would gladly take that phone call to encourage you. There's supernatural power through the power of the Holy Spirit for you and I. That God is with us. He's there to encourage you, to encourage me. And finally, deliverance is awe-inspiring to anyone who sees it. When God takes you through transformation, people notice. That that Nebuchadnezzar, when he saw the Most High God deliver them, he was changed. There was, was, again, some, some say, right, like, that we could be the only Bible that people read. That's a scary thing at times. Yet, reminded of how our the story ended that when, when Nebuchadnezzar and those officials saw that, they praised God. That that deliverance was awe-inspiring. That, that the things that, that you've learned through the power of the Holy Spirit can encourage somebody else. That a life transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit has power to those around you. Whether it's a journey that's been a day, whether it's a month, whether it's a year, there's power there. So I encourage you, friends, through this message that that God loves us, that he's there for us during these trials. So I encourage you to stand. And as we just enter into a time of worship, that if there's parts of this this message or, or this story that that are connecting with you, that that you're looking for prayer, that you are looking for a reminder that God is sovereign. If you're looking for for a reminder that that God is good no matter what, that the enemy is trying to steal and and rob that idea that, that God is good from you because of your circumstances. Whether you just need encouragement to share what God has done in your life, I encourage you to come forward. We'd love to pray with you. I'm just going to pray over us as as the worship team leads us through. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you are with us in these times. That Holy Spirit, that I just pray again that you would again just shine your face, that you would rain down your presence upon us, Lord God. That God, when we are faced with trials, whether they're small, whether they're big, whether just challenging you as as Lord and Savior, God, I just pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. And so right now, we, we pray for Holy Spirit 
to rain down, for lives to be changed, for hearts to be opened, for those that don't know you to come to you, for those that have maybe walked away, God, that that you love them, that you're always there waiting for them to come back. And so we call that forward as we worship you. In Jesus' name.